Thank you for being here this morning. And for those of you joining us on our live stream, we thank you for being with us as well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. My brothers and sisters in Christ, St. Paul, in his second letter to the Thessalonians, reminds us of something very, very important. Listen to what St. Paul says in his second letter to the Thessalonians, chapters 2, verses 13 through 15. He says, and I quote, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Therefore, brethren, stand, fa stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, either by word or by epistle. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, either by word or by epistle. My brothers and sisters in Christ, in this small little pericope, St. Paul is connecting the traditions of the church with our salvation in Jesus Christ. St. Paul is connecting the traditions of the church with our spiritual growth, and he says, stand firm in these traditions. Now, in the Orthodox faith, tradition is expressed through five different primary venues. You know what those venues are? Scripture, liturgy, the ecumenical councils, the writings of the saints, and church art and architecture, which include iconography and hymnography. It is through these five vehicles that our tradition is expressed. Now tradition does not establish dogma. I want to be perfectly clear about that. Tradition does not establish dogma. What tradition does is it invites us to this place where we can live our life and faith in Jesus Christ as the apostles first taught and preached. That is the power of tradition. So why am I sharing this with you this morning? Because today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we celebrate and we remember the seven ecumenical councils and the Holy Fathers who participated in the ecumenical councils. Now, how in the world, what is an ecumenical council? And how, what does that have to do with tradition? Remember, it was the third one that I had, right? Scripture, liturgy, ecumenical councils, the writings of the, the saints of the church and art and architecture. The ecumenical councils, it's part of our tradition. How is that? And why is it so important that we celebrate and remember, we remember these ecumenical councils? In fact, in the Orthodox Church, we remember these ecumenical councils four times every year. Once in July, once in August, on the Sunday before Holy Pentecost, and on the first Sunday of Great Lent, when we remember the restitution of the icons in the year, in the year 787 by the Seventh Ecumenical Council. So the Ecumenical Councils are important enough for us to remember them four times a year. 
Why? Because of my brothers and sisters in Christ, right from the start, right when the church was first established, there were untruths and heresies being taught about who Jesus Christ was. Right from the start. That is why St. Paul, in his second letter to the Corinthians, writes, in chapters 11, verses 1 through 4, St. Paul writes to us, For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin, virgin to Christ. But I fear, least somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. In other words, what St. Paul is saying is, there are all these false teachings. Even back in, when the Corinthian church, when St. Paul wrote his gospel to the Corinthians, even back then there was erroneous teachings, heretical teachings about Jesus Christ and what was Paul's concern? He says it. That you may, that we may believe. And so that is why, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we remember the four ecumenical, the ecumenical councils four times a year. Because what do the ecumenical councils profess? Let me ask you, is Jesus Christ 50% man and 50% God? Right, that's exactly. I see people shaking their heads. No. Is he 75% man and 25% God? No. Is Jesus Christ is 100% man and 100% God? I want you to remember that. Jesus Christ is 100% man and he is 100% God. And that's important because our salvation is dependent upon him. Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. Well, you might say, well, Father. If the church, if, there's, if these heretical teachings began even early on, why did the church get together to do something about them? Why did they wait until the 4th century when the first ecumenical council met? And I remind you that when Christianity was established, it was an illegal faith. You could not be Christian. It was illegal to be Christian for the first 300 years of the establishment of Christianity. And what's really amazing is after 300 years, with the faith that was in Eagle, by the end of that 300 years, 10% of the population was Orthodox Christian. That's pretty amazing. But what happened was when the, when the, when the church was freed from persecution and Christianity was no longer the illegal faith, but was the faith of the empire, with the establishment of Byzantium, then the bishops could come together and they could address these heresies, not to create new dogma but to affirm from the very beginning what the church believed to be true about who Jesus Christ is. So there were seven ecumenical councils between the years 325 and 787 AD. And each of these councils dealt with the heresy that sought to change the perception of the belief in Jesus Christ that he is 100% man and 100% God. And we can go into the theological details of all the ecumenical councils. I won't do that. We don't have the time. There, there's certainly, you can pick up history books and read about it, and I invite you to do so. But why does the church, and this is, this is really the crux of the whole thing, 
Why does the church, why does our holy orthodox faith remember the ecumenical councils four times a year? To help ground us, keep us grounded in Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you why. Our Lord and Savior in St. John's Gospel, chapters 14, I believe it's verse 1. He says to his apostles, and by extension to us, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. But I'm afraid, my brothers and sisters in Christ, what some people have done is they've interpreted that verse in this way. I am, where Jesus would say to his apostles, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. People believe I am the way, I am the preference, I am the life. I am the way, I am the preference, I am the life. You know, Father George Stephanides, the blessed memory, used to talk about smorgasbord religion. He would say, you know, people take a little bit from here, and they take a little bit from there, and they take a little bit from there, and they put it together. Father George used to call it smorgasbord religion. And he would say, and all of a sudden, you have your own religion, you have your own Christian denomination. It's your preference. It's what people prefer. Sometimes it's what's easy. Sometimes it's what's entertaining. But that's not what our Lord said to the apostles. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. What is the truth? In a, in a, in a world where there are 30,000 different... Now, I don't know who came up with a statistic. I'm just turning it and repeating it back to you. I have no, no... I can't point you to a place where I can prove this to be a fact. But somebody once said that there are 30,000 different Christian denominations in the world. 30,000! No wonder, no wonder people don't take it seriously sometimes. <laughs> what is it that people need? And the reason why there are, whether there are 30,000 or 15,000 or even 1,000, whatever the number may be, the point is made clearly that each one of these different Christian denominations believes something different. And some of them even believe something different about what Jesus Christ is. And some of them still believe that Jesus Christ was an enlightened master, but not really God. Some were even Christian professed that. That is a heresy. By the, by, put to rest by the First Ecumenical Council, it's called Arianism. You can read about it. But that is a heresy that continues today. I had to go to Hawaii, my brothers and sisters in Christ, Define what is called an Astorian Orthodox Church. The Astorians believe that the Virgin Mary gave birth only to Christ's humanity and not to his divinity. I couldn't believe what I found in the Astorian Orthodox Church of Hawaii. <laughs> the Astorians still exist. Again, that's a heresy. The Panagia, our beloved Virgin Mary, gave birth to Christ's humanity and to his divinity both. So there's nothing new under the sun, you see. It's just everything, these heresies. We, we put them down and they pop up over here and then they pop up over there. So it's really important, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that you and I are, are solid in our faith and we understand and we know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is. Because the temptation to fall into one of these heresies is, is, can happen so very easily. Like my beloved cousin of blessed memory who 
When she was alive, left the Orthodox Church and became an evangelical Protestant. She called herself non-denominational. I kept reminding her that there's no such thing as non-denominational. That even the non-denominationals are Protestant. And she would always challenge me. Where does it tell me about? Why do you worship icons? Where does it where does it say that in the Bible? And I challenged her, where's the word Trinity in the Bible? It's not, but you believe that. These heresies, my brothers in Christ, are, are prevalent even today. The rejection of icons is a Christological heresy against the incarnation of Jesus Christ, against our Lord's humanity. So again, why is this all important? Because ultimately, my brothers and sisters in Christ, unless we believe that Jesus is 100% man and 100% God, we, we cannot be saved by him. That's where the importance comes in. Unless we believe that Jesus is 100% man and 100% God, we do not have our, and cannot have our salvation in, in him. He, he is our God. He is the bridge between heaven and earth. Only if he is fully man, and only if he is fully, fully God. So this is why our Holy Orthodox Church invites us to remember the ecumenical councils four times a year. I leave you this morning with this thought. Remember how I, when we started out, I mentioned to you that there are five main sources or main venues through which tradition the Orthodox Church is expressed. Remember? What were they? They were? This is a test. <laughs> they were the Bible, liturgy, the ecumenical council, the writings of the saints, and art, and architecture. And what has happened, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is the reason why Christianity is so divided and so fractured is because many of our brothers and sisters in Christ have removed many of those venues, have removed the venue of art and architecture, have removed the venue of the writings of the church fathers, have removed the venues of the ecumenical councils. Many have even removed the venue of liturgy and what's left but scripture. And when scripture is left, Without these other venues to support the tradition of Scripture, all of a sudden you can interpret Scripture any way you want. And that's one of the main reasons why we have so many different Christian denominations. Good people, yes. Well-meaning people, yes. Believing in Christ, yes. But Christianity is fractured because of it, never the less. So, Finally, the Apolitikion for the Fathers of the Church says it all. Supremely blessed are you, O Christ our God, you established the Holy Fathers upon the earth as beacons, and through them you have guided us to all the true faith. O greatly merciful one, glory be to you. You have guided us to the true faith. But the Greek verb that's translated to guide is odivos, odigis. And the Greek word odigis 
it's more of a, it's not just to guide. It's, it's more meaningful than that. It's to redirect, it's to direct or redirect us to the truth. And that is why we celebrate the ecumenical councils four times a year. Because all of us, all of us, myself, all of us, we constantly need to be redirected through the truth where we will find our salvation in Jesus Christ. May our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ bless us all and keep us in his care on this day and all night. Again and again in peace, most